0: Welcome to It's No Secret, the oral history of Twang Twang Shaka-Boom. This episode, we take a deep dive into a single song about two of Twang's closest friends and biggest fans. As songwriter David Garza explained to bassist Jeff Haley and me while in New York City.
1: Tommy and Lee were like Romeo and Juliet for Twang. And I really mean that. Whenever I thought of like agape, like real love, I thought of Tommy and I thought of Lee.
0: Tommy Tennant from Yazoo City, Mississippi moved into the Taos Co-op in 1989 as a senior year transfer student to the University of Texas at Austin. He spoke with bassist Jeff Haley and me at his home in New York City.
2: You know, I packed up my belongings that fall and moved, cried the whole way. It's a very welcoming city, and I've always called Austin the city that saved my life because it was my last thread. It was my last, like, I don't know what to do if this doesn't work out. And when I moved there, I was kind of like... Very, very sad at first, because I was like, I don't know anyone here. I was moved into Taos, which is, like, full of these crazy people. that I'm like, I'm not ever going to know these people. Turns out, like, they all saved my life, and, like, they were the most amazing people, you know. Because, like, I moved to Austin in 89 and lived at, moved into Talles Co-op, where I met David. So I was, like, starting the first of my three senior years as they were <laughs> starting. There. They were younger than me, you know. But, yeah, I had just moved to Austin. I didn't know anyone in the state of Texas. I'd, but I made a decision, I'd gone, I'd, you know, born and raised in a small conservative Mississippi town, never really felt comfortable, never felt anything close to like I belonged anywhere. I attempted a couple of colleges in Mississippi, things never got better. So then I just finally realized like, I need to move away where I don't know anybody.
0: Among the first people to befriend Tommy was a neighbor several years his junior, Lee from Tyler, Texas.
2: Yeah, I met Lee, Obviously living in Taos, I don't remember how I first met her, or like, I mean, everyone just kind of met everyone, like, because we all eat dinner every night together, like, it was a, I mean, it was a commune, basically, you know. That's how I describe it a lot of times to people who've never been in one or stayed in one. It's basically, a, it is kind of like a commune for college students. David
0: Garza discussed Heaven Sent during a 2019 road trip with percussionist Chris Searle.
1: I laugh about it, but the whole idea of co-op living. It's kind of like it's a big part of the whole aesthetic of what we did back then. Where we we just did what we could. Everybody pulls. Everybody pulls their share. Everybody does what they can. And, and the sound of the record, this record in particular, it's very co-opy. You hear every single
2: instrument. There's only everybody pulls their weight you know. I mopped the floors one I think yeah every semester you change like one I think my first semester I had to mop five flights of stairs which were horrible on Saturday morning when you've just been up drinking four dollar Ernest and Julio wine till four in the morning the night before you know Um, and then the second semester I was like lunch cleanup but yeah we all chipped in and did jobs and there was like elected things like there was some sort of a leader there but he was like 21 you know <laughs> and I was just so curious about their friendship and
1: I had no idea that two people could be so crazy and
0: love each other so much yeah
1: love each other so much but but not be smoochy, smoochy, you know and that was a real really big revelation of a different kind of love
0: the two of them in particular just had a magnetic energy really interesting unique people that seem to always know where they were and
2: yeah i mean we were just we were like brother and sister basically and people were constantly like and people always accused Lee of like you know that she really liked me or like is in love with me and like the thought of that repulsed both of us because we were like we're like brother and sisters and like and plus that first year was when i was realizing like because I was just turned 21 when I moved there. Like, I think I moved there a week before my 21st birthday. And, like, the first six months or so, I was telling people, like, I think I might be bisexual. And then by the end of the first year, I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm gay. I mean, <laughs> that's all it is to it. And, like, and Lee was one of the first ones to know. And uh, that was decades ago, and still no one cared there. You know, cut to a few months later, and then Heaven Sent came out. And then it was just like... There's a song about me Not only am I fitting in And like I feel appreciated And finally for the first time I feel like I actually have True, true, true friends It's a nice little ego boost You know, I mean So that song meant a lot to me
1: She has a good heart She uses it well She fills it up daily So there won't be any dry spells he lives on the first floor, but I can hear him laugh on the third. And he laughs like a
3: baby cries, like I've
2: never heard. Because I have a really loud, obnoxious laugh. And it was something I was always conscious of growing up and tried to muffle it. Because, like, I didn't want the attention. That, you know, Debbie didn't find it obnoxious. He wrote about it. Like, I mean, that was just, you know. But it was just, like, one of those things that, like, I always was conscious of and made fun of about. Then it was, like, celebrated in a song that, you know. It also included two other good friends and stuff, so that meant a lot to me. This song though is more of a
1: an observation or a question versus a statement, you know. Amnesty is like, oh, I, I know this, mm-hmm. you know. And always give you way. this is what I know.
0: They yeah, just were really special folks, you know, of all the people around everywhere. We had a few people that were really, really important to the energy of who we were or whatever. They 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 validated the who we were. Lee spoke to bassist Jeff Haley and percussionist Chris Searles in Austin.
3: It felt very special to have somebody think enough about you to craft a story and then present it to other people. That was a that was a gift that has never lost its luster. Bassist Jeff Haley and Tommy also reflected in New York City
0: on another frequent twang muse, David's girlfriend during the 1989-1990 school year, Gemma. I, mean, looks,
1: I don't think I Jim mean, is really in this song.
2: I thought she mm-hmm. was. There's something in it about her. I swear. Well, I'm, maybe uh, I always hear her in my ear like the wish of a seashell. Yeah, that part's all about her. Yeah. You, you weren't whispering in his ear? Neither Lear nor I have ever been described as whispering like a seashell.
1: You're sea right. She gets <laughs> she, Jim is in the coda. You have a beautiful whisper. You whisper so well. But I'll always hear it in my ear like the wish of a seashell. Like the wish.
2: I never put any kind of religious stuff with it. I just thought of it as just the expression heaven sent. You know what I mean? Like, I never read anything The colloquialism. into it. Yeah. I was just concentrating on the fact that it was about me. I didn't really care what it meant. I mean.
1: <laughs> She's not arrogant. She's not omniscient Whether or not he admits it She is innocent She is heresy. Heresy. He's not omniscient he, He's not arrogant Whether or not she admits it He switches
2: genders there Yeah, he does some gender swapping <laughs> He was so ahead of his time
1: And he's not omniscient and he's not arrogant whether or not she admits it. They are the best because they are, they're 30 years ahead of their time. You're talking about two people that married each other, married each other, because, out of love, to protect each other. Who does that? That is the most romantic thing ever. And to be in the middle of that. How did you and Lee come to be
0: married? <laughs>
2: Well, uh, like she always, it was weird. Like she always brought it up in college and like, cause she doesn't really believe in marriage. She's like, I mean, she comes from divorced parents. I come from divorced parents. She'd never had a desire to get married like as a real life marriage or whatever. But she always joked about it in college. Like we should get married one day and blah, blah, blah. And I was always like, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do that someday. Yeah, like just kind of brushed it off for years. Um, like how serious is she? Which I knew she was serious. But then years later, I was now living in Memphis. She was living in LA. And I had gone to LA to see, my best friend from here had moved away from New York and then for a while he was dancing in Lord of the Dance in a casino in Las Vegas. (laughs) So I went to see him for 10 days and no one should go to Vegas for 10 days. So by the fourth day there I had been, you know, I had gambled, I had, you know, gone out partying, I had made out with Lord of the Dance. Like I had like done everything you could possibly do in Vegas and then Lee and her good friend of hers flew up that Friday and we picked him up at the airport. It was kind of late, like 11 o'clock or so. I think their their flight was late getting in. And we, you know, picked them up and we went to a casino. And I turned to Lee and I was like, what, do you, what would you think if we got married tonight? Because I'm like, we're in Vegas. This is where you're supposed to get married. And she just started squealing. She's like, I knew it! I knew it! I knew we were going to do it! She, and like she turned her what was going to end up being our maid of honor. I was like, well look, and my friend Sean when I was standing with there, he was like, oh, I know where to get the license, because I just had to pay a parking ticket, and it's the same place. So I'm like, okay, if we can do this, because I knew it was a 24-hour thing there, you can get married. And while we were riding there to get the license, we passed a, what do you call it, a chapel. And it had said um, that it was a drive-in, which. It sold me on the drive-in. I thought that would make a good wedding. So I, and it said Joan Collins had been married there. And as a huge Dynasty fan, I was like, okay, if we can get that spot, if we can get a drive-in priest where Joan Collins got married, we will make this legal. So we pulled through the drive through and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, come back around after you get your license. Just pull around as if you're ordering French fries or so you know. So we ran, got the license, um, came back, and Lee and I sat in the back seat of the car. And Sean and Tamara, that was the girl's name, they sat on the front seat. Um, oh, but before we did that, we went to Eckerd's or Walgreens and bought supplies. So instead of rice, we got some caramel popcorn. We made a bouquet out of loofah sponges. Hmm. Um, and I think I might have had some kind of boutonniere made out of, like, something. And then we got married. And I always wanted to get married to, like, if I'd ever gotten real married to, like, someone who's actually a part, I would want "Sunny and Share I Got You, Babe, as my wedding song. But we did not have that in the car. But we did have Cher and Peter Cetera doing that. After all that we've been through. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so we played that song after Portia, the minister. She um, leaned her head in the car. We got married in a drive through And then the next day we went to the Paris casino or whatever and had our honeymoon. <laughs> So we honeymooned in Paris by going and hanging out at the pool at the Paris casino, and then we rode to LA that night because my best man had to river dance on the uh, Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> so it was a very typical wedding yeah, and then we stayed married for five years, and it was all up to her like and finally one day she you know announced we can get. Divorced now, it's been five years, and I was like, fine with me. Like,
1: they're mythic people in my life, and I will always write about Lee, and I was always write about Tommy, like, till the day I die. They're mythic.
3: I don't know if this story is true, but David told me there were two songs that are featured about episodes in my life. The refrain gets stuck in my head all the time because it starts with Tommy's name Tommy's Got a New Work of Art.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Except he
3: he changed my name to Jessica because he told me Lee didn't have enough emphasis in it, (laughs) which kind of stung at the time. Yeah,
2: really? Wow. And that one was thrilling because it had my name, you know, it was like getting a promotion. And it's weird, like, I've met friends in New York who, like, I didn't know in Texas, but, you know, 20 years later, meet people here who know whether it's David's solo music from Love me to or Twang, Twang, Shaka Boom, and no lyrics to songs about me. And then they're like freak out because they're like 20 years later. And they're like, I have been singing your name for a couple of decades and now we're co-workers? Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's me. It has a lot of feeling behind it. I don't think anybody who uh. ever came to the show has felt a lack of emotion. Whether it was the enthusiasm of the audience and the sort of vibe that would come up in Liberty Lunch or at the Cactus um, or even the Texas Ballroom, which I believe you guys played once or twice, or it was the meaning you could take from the songs and the lyrics and the very heartfelt delivery. It was a really lovely experience to be part of the twang era.
0: Yeah, the heart.
3: Heaven Sent
0: from Me So Twangy is available from online music retailers, Please subscribe and share what you think of It's No Secret on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, and follow Twang on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Katherine Quayar. Thanks for listening.
1: Tommy's got a new work of art. Jessica won't be there for the unwilling. On a distant sea somewhere, she's sailing. She doesn't love him like she used to. Jessica says her life needs a just start All the friends say pack your bags to the car and run away At the office she stamps envelopes all day She doesn't love him like she used to And there's no crime, there's no sin in her eyes Convince the mind and the feet will surely follow this time, the way it's been, it's no surprise How can you tell the truth from a lie? I don't know, I guess you just try How can you tell the worst from the best? I don't know, I guess you just guess right your Imagine you're far from here In Let go of all your fear Break the ties. Don't compromise Now you can open your eyes
2: that's a whole nother podcast we could do a whole one on me and Lee